In any relationship, you're either contributing to it or you are taking away from it. When you take away from it, you are pulling out the main ingredients of what make a relationship healthy and enjoyable. When you are contributing to it, you are strengthening it. You are giving it the life and vibrancy it needs to stay healthy and last long. For a podcast on how to navigate the difficult relationship, head over to loveandabuse.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I want to help you learn the skills you need to deal with life's challenges using emotional intelligence and critical thinking without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. One of the things I've learned over the years is that the more you show up as your true self with mostly everyone in your life, life becomes a lot easier. Life is a lot easier. It's easier to manage because you're not becoming someone else for other people. For example, I used to show up as someone different in my romantic relationships. So I would be one person to the outside world and be another person in my romantic relationships. And of course, there are differences between romantic relationships and other relationships, but For the most part, 95% of the time, how you show up in any relationship, in my opinion, should be mainly how you show up in mostly every relationship because that means you're not trying hard to please anyone. You're not trying hard to make them think differently of you. You're not showing them a version of you that you aren't necessarily in uh, fully in alignment with. In other words, you show up authentically. I like to think that in my personal romantic relationship with my girlfriend, that I am showing up mostly the same way as I do with other people in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be uh, giving away all my secrets to friends and family, because that's reserved for my romantic relationship with the person that I feel like I can trust the most, even though I probably have the same amount of trust for other people in my life. But this is the person that knows everything about me and I want to be able to feel good and safe sharing things with her that I wouldn't share with anybody else. So there are parts of our lives that we can share with certain people that make sense. Um, But I have learned, again, I've learned that the more I am myself with romantic relationships and the more I am myself with friendships and family, life is easier. Because I don't have to think about who I want to be. And I'm not accommodating. I'm not trying to uh, change them or their perception of me. I'm just showing up as me. It's not always easy. And I don't always accomplish it. But I think it's a, a great path to take to make life easier in some ways. Not in all ways, but in some ways. But for me, it has made life easier. I have shown up who I am 
to other people, to family, which means I really had to change over the years. I had to heal and change who I was because I wasn't always um, honest. I wasn't always transparent. I wasn't always vulnerable. And when I got into a romantic relationship, I was hurtful to the my partners in my past because I didn't want them to know the real me. I didn't want, want them to know my vulnerabilities. I didn't want my partners to see my anger. So I would be passive aggressive and I would be emotionally abusive. And it was an awful way to treat someone. But I did that for years and years because I didn't want to show up as who I really was. Because when we show up as who we are, what happens? People judge us, right? They're going to judge us anyway. <laughs> we can't really plant the seed of who we are in their heads, although sometimes we try. Hey, I want them to see me as likable or lovable. I want them to see me as someone they can trust. But if you spend your time trying to convince other people by showing up in an inauthentic way, what ends up happening is that you may end up becoming less likable and less trustable and less authentic in their eyes. Because most people can sense there's something else going on. Have you ever met someone and, and you think, why are they happy all the time? They're never angry and they never say anything bad about anyone. They can't be real. <laughs> I'm not saying there aren't people like that that exist, but nothing bothers you ever? Do you live amongst us humans? Because things bother us. We get stressed. We get cut off in traffic. People do stupid things and say stupid things. So it, it bothers us. We have values that don't align with other people's values. We have beliefs that don't align with other people's beliefs. So these things are going to bother us. And as we elevate emotionally, as we evolve, they bother us less and less because we're not paying attention to other people. But there are still things that bother us. I mean, our fight or flight kicks in when we are cut off in traffic. And we, we just want to, <laughs> you jerk. I hope you get caught or worse. <laughs> I hope something happens to you. You just threaten my life. That's what it felt like. Or threaten my life and my family. So we have these thoughts that rush through our head in those moments. It's hard to avoid. So when I meet somebody who's always happy all the time, never is angry about anything, never has a bad word to say about anyone, which is, it's noble. It's great. I don't have a problem with that. But at the same time, I'm thinking there's got to be more there than I'm seeing or that they're showing. There's got to be more there. Something doesn't feel right. It's like they're not showing up as the full version of themselves. And some people don't want to. I get this. Some people don't want to show them or show other people the full version of themselves. They don't want to be that vulnerable or transparent. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes you shouldn't. Sometimes you shouldn't show the full version of yourself, all of who you are, to certain people because those people can be toxic. Those people can use what they know against you, what they know about you against you. And when that happens, they can make your life very difficult. So I'm just talking about in general. I'm talking about relationships in general. If you can be the same person to your boss as you are to your romantic partner, at least when you have general conversations, things might go different. Like if you are always fighting at home, would you be fighting with your boss? Probably not. You know, if you have that kind of relationship or maybe you do, I don't know. But the idea that you can show up as the same person in every place 
kind of causes you to work on yourself. It really does. It causes you to ask yourself questions and wonder why you can't show up as your authentic self everywhere you go. Again, you have to pick your battles wisely. You have to make choices like you don't want to show this person your full self because you don't want to be that vulnerable. You don't want to want them to know everything about you, which is fine. I encourage that. Protect yourself too. There are people we have to protect ourselves from, but not everyone. Sometimes we have long-lasting relationships and they've never seen the real us. Who is the real you? How would you show up? What would you really say if you believed you could uh, say it? What would you say if you felt safe enough to say it? What would you say if you felt comfortable with the person fully? What would you say if they knew everything about you and nothing surprised them? What would you say if you knew they would not judge you and they would accept you 100% unconditionally? No matter what you did, (laughs) no matter what you said or what you did, what would you say? How would you show up? That's my goal is to show up as authentically as I can, but not necessarily give away the farm with everybody I know. But I want to show up as authentically as I can. I don't want to be the jerk at home and the nice guy out and about. I want to be a nice guy everywhere. And I also want to show people that, hey, I have feelings too. And I want to show people when they're um, crossing my boundary. I want to tell them about it. I want to tell them when they're disrespecting me. And I should be able to do that anywhere. I should be able to say, hey, look, you're um, in my personal space. Could you please take a step back? I should be able to say that comfortably anywhere to anyone. And if I'm around people that don't honor that, then why am I there? Same with that being at home. Why am I here if I feel unsafe or uncomfortable or I have to always tell somebody they're crossing my boundaries? I don't want to deal with that. My girlfriend and I have ultimate respect for each other's boundaries. If I tell her to back off, sometimes she does. (laughs) We get along great, but sometimes we have little tiny little arguments here and there. They've, they're much less frequent now, but when they were big and strong, we had to stand up for ourselves. She stood up for herself. I stood up for myself. And then we'd meet in the middle and we'd apologize when we realized that I was wrong. (laughs) or she was wrong, we'd have uh, real conversations after that. And then we'd apologize because that's what you do. You apologize to people you love. And we should be able to show up as authentically as we can with other people too. But again, you filter it. You you try to show up as authentically as you can with the people that you want to keep in your life and the people that you want to have the strongest bonds with, which is really what it comes down to. The more authentic, the more transparent, the more vulnerable I am with people, the, the stronger the bond is, the, the more powerful the relationship, the more powerful the connection is. So it doesn't always just have to be about the person I'm with in my romantic relationship. It can be a friend. It can be a family member. And if I can feel safe enough to share who I am with them, knowing they might be uncomfortable with parts of me knowing they might have a problem with my authenticity. Not that I'm rude. I'm just being myself. No, I don't want to go to that restaurant. I don't like that restaurant. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I might say, I'll go there. I'll find something to eat. (laughs) But if they said, no, really, where do you want to go? Are you sure you want to go there? I would say, no, I don't really like it, but I'll find something to eat. 
That's like an honest thing to say instead of my old people pleaser way, which might be, uh, yeah, let's go. That place is great. That would be my old people pleaser self. But I, I'm telling you all this because I think it's important to remember that when we show up in any type of relationship, if we are changing ourselves for them, then we are creating a conflict inside of us. We're creating resistance inside of us. And when we carry around resistance, it doesn't feel good. And it can come out in other ways, sometimes destructive ways. If I show up to my friend uh, in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect who I really am, then it not only creates that resistance, but it burns me out. Again, this is my old people pleaser days. It burnt me out. My longest friendship was four years because I got so burnt out trying to be accommodating and people pleasing. And so I had to back off and I had to realize that I was doing these things, first of all, and then figure out how to change that about myself. And my biggest leap into an emotional evolution of sorts was to um, start honoring myself and actually telling people what I wanted and telling people when they crossed the line, when they were um, violating my boundaries. As soon as I started doing that, my relationships became real and I felt so good inside myself because I was standing up for myself. I was standing up for who I am and how I feel about myself, or at least I was starting to feel better about myself. I wanted to show me that I was important. I wanted to show me that I was worth standing up for. I wanted to show me that it was okay to be me, to be the person I am, to show up as who I am. And some people weren't going to accept that, and that's fine. I've had people come and go in my life because I wanted to be who I am. And again, this isn't about being rude, saying, you're crossing my boundaries, get the hell away from me. It's about honoring yourself. It's about telling someone you're a little too close and uh, could you please step back? I have personal space. Could you please take a, a step back so I feel more comfortable? I mean, you wouldn't necessarily say it that way, but you could just tell someone what your boundary is. That's what I like to do. If somebody is crossing a boundary, I like to tell them what it is, not only because it um, conveys to them where my boundaries are, but it also is a gift to them because when you give or tell someone what your boundaries are, you're telling them how to treat you. And people who care about you will treat you the way you want to be treated. Period. <laughs> people who care about you, people who love you, people who want you to be happy, which is my definition of love, you're supporting someone else's happiness, when they know how to treat you, and they know treating you that way, that way makes you feel good and it supports them on their path to happiness, then that is a gift to them because they're giving that gift back. And people who care about you want to give that gift back. So I could go on and on about that. I've talked about that in many episodes, as you probably know if you've been listening a while. But I'm going to go ahead and read this email with all this stuff in mind Everything I just talked about, I'm going to read this email and uh, let's see where we go with it. Bring it up in front of me here. Thank you for your podcast. You're welcome. It had me uh, learn so much about my last relationship and myself. I do have concerns about a recent relationship. We've been dating or we had dated for a year and a month before the end. 
I found myself making a lot of sacrifices and doing just about everything to meet her needs. I felt very alone as she said, my feelings, quote, do not matter. Was I in the wrong for being frustrated, for not being heard or singing with how I felt about the relationship? Repeatedly, I was being told that I was manipulating and a narcissist in the situation. When I was expressing the feeling of giving up a job I loved with potential in my career back to a job I felt stuck in. With this decision, I was looking at life outside of work, being more present for her and the kids, and being home before dinner uh, after work instead of the two-hour commute from the job I left. I was left confused with accountability I didn't take and when I felt I did everything to meet her needs. All right, thanks for sharing that. And um, I'm going to get right to one of your points, which she said, my feelings don't matter. What more do you need? I mean, that's my question. That's a real question. What more do you need than that? What more do you need than for someone to tell you, your feelings don't matter to me. I'm giving you this extra time to soak this in because if my girlfriend right now said, um, your feelings don't matter to me, I think it would be over. I mean, of course, we'd have a conversation. <laughs> what? What do you mean? My feelings don't matter. What do you mean by that? That would be my question. If somebody said that to me, my question would be, what do you mean by that? My feelings don't matter. And if they said, how you feel, your emotional state, your thoughts, your feelings, none of that matters to me, then I'd say, then why are we doing this? What's the point? That's pretty much the, the resolution here. If your feelings don't matter to this person, then there's nothing else to grow on and go on. There's nothing to land on. There's no platform. There's no foundation. If your feelings don't matter to someone else, then there's nothing there. Maybe their feelings matter to you because you're compassionate, you're kind, you're caring, you're generous, supportive. But if your feelings don't matter to them, you have no forward momentum. There's no extra step to take. There's, there's nothing left. That may sound uh, cold when I say it that way, but this is the hard truth, unfortunately. When someone says your feelings don't matter, there's nowhere else to go. The foundation has been slipped out from under you like a, somebody pulling a rug and tripping you. They're pulling the rug out from under your feet. And now what? Without feelings, what else is there? Without uh, the validation of those feelings, without the acknowledgement, acknowledgement of those feelings, what else is left? I know you could probably think of other things that might be left. Well, we had a good time together and uh, she would do things for me and, you know, this and that. But, uh, you know, th this is something I said in the Healed Being program. The abusers that want to change. I, I have a program called Healed Being and I help them through the paces. I help them through the steps so they can stop being hurtful and start learning better coping mechanisms and or healthy coping mechanisms and learn what they're doing wrong and learn how they're being abusive. And so one of the things I share with them is that you have to take people at their word. If somebody says, hey, you're hurting me, and the abusive person says, oh, come on, that doesn't hurt, then you're not taking them at their word. You're not believing them. Why aren't you believing them? 
The same thing goes here. If somebody says, your feelings don't matter to me, why wouldn't you believe that and then take that information, take that data and make your next decision? And I'm not trying to give you a hard time. The person who wrote, I'm not trying to give you a hard time at all. I'm trying to help you get to the conclusion of everything fast. I don't like lingering, unfinished business. I don't like that. I want to know right away what's going on. How do you feel about me? Uh, I don't really feel about you. What? Well, do you care about how I feel about you? Not really. Okay, well, there's the data I need to make my next decision. And that's hurt. that hurts, I know, because you have an investment. We invest in these relationships in our life. And then we hear something like that. What do we do with it? You don't care about my feelings at all? And if they say, no, I don't care about your feelings. You know, that's not important. You're always too sensitive anyway. And uh, that's it. That's all I'd need. So I would look at that as the data I need to make my next decision. And I know it. it's very cold, calculated, analytical way to look at things. But once you have the data, it's no longer an emotional decision. It's hard data. I mean, in this case, sometimes it's an emotional decision. Because sometimes the data is, I don't know how I feel. Now you might have no data. <laughs> you don't know what to do next. I don't know how I feel. That's not what she's saying here, so I'm not going to get into that. But and I have talked about that before, just in case you're wondering, what do I say? What do I do from that point on? Uh, if you are in this situation and somebody actually says they don't care or they don't love you, they don't care about your feelings, they don't care about your thoughts, I think the first question is, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That sounds very hurtful. Now, if they say, look, you know, you hurt me too. And now you might have a conversation. Great, let's talk about this. I want to hear this from you. I want to know what's going on inside you as well. So that's the first thing that really stuck out to me. And the rest of the message really wouldn't matter after that. Not that your message doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying. If you don't have that solid foundation of at least a mere acknowledgement of someone's existence and feelings and thoughts. And if, if it's not there, and that's important in many relationships, probably all of them, at least all romantic relationships that I know, without the acknowledgement of somebody else's feelings, the foundation is kind of disintegrated or doesn't exist. So let me talk about a couple other things you said. You asked, was I in the wrong for being frustrated, for not being heard or seen with how I felt about the relationship? I think that's the wrong way to ask it. In fact, I would think I would just make the statement, I was frustrated for not being heard or seen with how I felt about the relationship. It's not about wrong or right. It's a statement of fact. I was frustrated for not being heard or seen about how I felt about the relationship. When you ask the question, was I wrong for that? What you're asking me is, was my emotional state wrong? Was I wrong for my feelings? Was I wrong for my thoughts? Nope, you're, you're not wrong. Your emotions are real. How you feel inside you is real. Even if how you feel isn't necessarily justified. 
Like um, you're in a situation and somebody does something to you and it hurts. But then you found out that uh, they didn't really mean to hurt you or maybe they didn't do it and you just misinterpreted what they did. And then you realize, oh crap, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have felt that way because they didn't really mean to hurt me or they didn't hurt me at all. I just misinterpreted it. At that point, you can say, uh, I wouldn't say you were wrong. You just misinterpreted it. I misinterpreted that. Um, so that might be a better question. Am I misinterpreting something maybe? But the way you phrase this is, no, you're not wrong for being frustrated, for not being heard or seen. That's exactly how you felt. If somebody says that you're wrong for feeling that, it tells me the kind of relationship that you were in. Was I wrong for feeling that? That tells me that they probably convinced you that your own thoughts and feelings were not valid. And you're going to reverse that because your thoughts and feelings are 100% valid because they're yours. You're having them. You're feeling them. That's undeniable. You can think and feel any way that occurs to you or that you want. If something frustrates you, that's what you're feeling, frustrated. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to feel that way. This is your interpretation of what's going on. And believe me, if somebody says your thoughts don't matter or your feelings don't matter, it's going to be frustrating. And that's a valid reason to feel frustrated. And it's also valid to be frustrated about not being heard or seen. Some serious stuff going on there. You said repeatedly I was being uh, told that I was manipulative and a narcissist. And I was ex this is when I was expressing a feeling of giving up a job I loved with potential in my career back to a job I felt stuck in. So I think I interpret that as when you said uh, you don't want to give up the job you're in, this other person, she started saying, oh, you're just a narcissist or you are um, manipulating me or whatever it is. She didn't want to support you in the job you cared about. She wanted to support what she wanted you to do for her own benefit, for her own wants and needs. That's what I read here. And yes, I know there are two sides to a story. This is the only one I have. But the way you're speaking, I see the language, I see the words. The uh, abusive person, the manipulative person, the narcissist doesn't talk like this. They don't talk like this. They don't ask if they were wrong. They don't give up their job and they really don't care if somebody doesn't care about their feelings. So were you being narcissist? Probably not. Were you being manipulative? Probably not. I only have one side of the story, but I don't think I need the other because I've read letters like this for almost a decade now. And I can tell the vibe, I can tell the tone, I can see the words that you're using. And uh, almost always, the victim talks like this, the victim of abusive behavior. And I'm not saying you're not hurtful or abusive in other ways. There might be things that you have done, but um, this is what I see here. It typically, it's 99% of the time when somebody talks like this, uh, they have been victimized. Because, I mean, look what you're saying. Was I wrong to feel frustrated? It's like, I mean, I'm not putting you down for it. I'm saying that is definitely somebody who has been convinced in some way, shape, or form that their feelings don't matter. And since you said that in the first paragraph, she said my feelings don't matter. That was your foundation in the entire relationship probably. 
It's just that you got it straight from the horse's mouth. So one thing that's interesting about what you said here is that um, if you're being told that you're manipulative and you're a narcissist, I see this a lot, is that the person manipulating will tell the victim of their manipulation that they're the manipulator. The person they're abusing will tell the victim that the victim is the abuser. I see that constantly. I see that so much. How about um, the, the infidel, the person who cheats, will point their finger at the other person saying, you're cheating. I know you're cheating. That happens too. Because why would they just come up with that and then put all the focus on you, put the entire spotlight and the whole world is now focused on you because they're yelling it at the top of their lungs. I know you're cheating. Because if you're not cheating and there's no reason for them to just come out and say that, then something's going on in their end. That's I mean, it may not be, it may not be. I'm not saying if somebody said that to you that they're cheating, but it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Somebody blames you for something they're doing. And when that happens, you have to open your eyes a little bit, do some sleuthing. That's my opinion. (laughs) I believe you should do that. Somebody blames you for something and you're thinking, where the hell did this come from? You might have to Open your eyes, open your ears, and just pay attention. That's all I'm asking. I'm a personal believer in sleuthing, investigating, because you're either going to have suspicions yourself and carry them with you, which will affect the relationship in a negative way because you're going to have thoughts and feelings and suspicions. You're either going to carry that with you or you're going to investigate and find out the truth. And the truth might be that they are doing these things or the truth might be that they're not doing these things and either way you have closure it's probably not a popular (laughs) opinion but that's my opinion you i believe you should investigate somebody that uh suddenly acts differently like where is this coming from that's a little weird at least have a conversation on it again just something that you may or may not want to do sometimes it leads to a truth that you don't want to know And sometimes it leads to a truth that you're grateful for finding out. Anyway, I'm going to bring this full circle right back to when we talked about this person who said, uh, she said, my feelings don't matter. You got to believe people when they talk like this. And I know some people might be thinking, but what if they're just angry and they said these words out of spite? They said these words just to make the other person feel bad. It still works if you believe them because It does two things, actually. One, you get to have a conversation based on not what you're interpreting, not ambiguity, but what you heard. You get to have a conversation on what they said. Let's talk about that. Don't interpret it. My feelings don't matter. What do you mean by that? And then if they say they don't matter, well, that's hurtful. Why would you say that? You don't care? I don't care. Wow. That's all I'd need. Okay, then I guess this isn't going to go anywhere. This is awful. This feels terrible. I have so much invested in this. And now you're saying this? I guess I'll move on. So it accomplishes the ability to talk about what you heard. Now the second part, the second reason to believe, to make this into a fact, is that if it's not a fact, it puts them on the spot to speak truthfully. 
if you don't understand what I just said, let's put it this way. If I said, you don't matter to me, you right now listening, you don't matter to me. And you said, what do you mean by that? That's awful, Paul. That That's hurtful. And then I said, well, I don't really mean you don't matter. I just mean I was, I'm tired today and having to show up and record, it's just a lot of work. And it's really not about you at all. I'm just tired. And neither of those are true. <laughs> but my point is now I have to explain what I said because you believed the first thing I said, which was you don't matter. You don't matter to me. But that's not true. And when you said, well, what do you mean by that? And we had a conversation about it. I finally explained, well, that's not it at all. I was just frustrated and I just said things off the top of my head and it's not about you at all. Of course, I love you. Of course, this and this and this. But I went there at one point and you chose to treat that as a statement of fact so that we could have a conversation on it. Because here's what happens. If you choose not to believe it and you think, well, they're just mad, then you never have a conversation about it. And um, what ends up happening is that they know they can hurt you and get away with it. Your feelings don't matter. Oh, wow, that really hurts. You, oh, my God, why would you say that? That's awful. This might be you thinking to yourself. Your feelings don't matter. Um, wow. But let's just treat that as truth. And now I have something to work with. I can ask them what they mean. And if they still say the same thing, then I can put them on the spot. And they'll have to own up to that statement. And we'll see where it goes from there. It gives us something real to talk about. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. Thank you for writing and thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. When we come back, I'll say my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Winnie, Jamie, Ashley, Sammy. You're new. Good to have you on board, Sammy. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you. Daisy, Stephen, been there for years. Brad, been there for years. I think uh, a lot of these have been here for years, except Sammy. Thank you so much for joining and for patronizing the show. Thank you for your support. These are the financial donors of the show, and I am very grateful for every single one. I read new names every week. Very grateful for you. Thank you so much again. And if you find value in the show, as uh, these patrons do, head over to moretob.com, and there you have options over there to give back. And for our show on how to deal with difficult relationships, I have another podcast called Love and Abuse, loveandabuse.com. Check it out over there if you are dealing with anything like we talked about today. And if you are the difficult one in the relationship, or they say you are, sign up for the Healed Being program over at healedbeing.com. The first four lessons are free, so you'll get to find out if that's you. If it's not you, you'll figure it out. I mean, you'll you'll learn from the lessons that you get. And maybe you'll figure out uh, which one you need to go to, love and abuse or healed being, which one's for me. So if you're in a difficult relationship, both of those resources can be very helpful. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And for my final words, I'm going to talk about the, the last segment that we just talked about, that email and how that person said that they were frustrated and uh, they're not sure if they're in the wrong or anything like that. 
I want you to be careful when it comes to one person always being right. If there's one person in a relationship that you're in and they believe they're always right and they're always making you question yourself, they're always pointing the finger back at you, something's wrong, something's amiss, something is not right, let's put it that way, because that's not a balanced relationship between two adults. A balanced relationship is two adults taking responsibility for their behavior, for their role, and um, just saying, oops, I'm sorry, I did that. That would be two adults being responsible, taking responsibility for whatever happens, and um, doing the best to support each other. You made a mistake, that's okay, let's get past this. But when I see a situation where one person always feels like they're wrong and the other person always knows they're right, you know, themselves, then I see usually uh, manipulation or abuse. That's usually how it works. I believe I'm right, therefore, uh, whatever you do is wrong and you have to do what I say. That would be the abusive person saying, you have to do what I say, everything you do is wrong, uh, or you're wrong for thinking that, uh, until I want something from you, and now I'm going to be nice to you. That's very, very simplistic version of an abusive or at least a difficult relationship. And I'm talking about emotionally abusive, not physical abuse, because we already know what a physically abusive relationship looks like. Uh, physically abusive also contains emotional abuse and verbal abuse and all kinds of abuse there. But an emotionally abusive relationship can be trickier because it doesn't seem like an abusive relationship and it seems like this just normal relationship difficulties, but uh, usually there's one person that is in power, in control, and the other person feels like they can never do anything right. And so when I read letters like I read today, I read this person feeling like they can't do anything right. So there's a formula to this. And when that shows up, I my radar, my hairs on the back of my neck stand up and it makes me think, okay, there's probably a lot more going on here that this person's not saying because of their words, because of the tone. And um, I just, I, I can see it. It's, it's pretty obvious to me most of the time. Uh, but what I wanted to say is that if there's one person that's always right and the other person always feels like they're doing something wrong and they're always trying to accommodate and they're always trying to meet the needs of the other person and they still feel like they can't do anything right, then that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that this is definitely a, a one-sided relationship that needs to be uh, balanced. And sometimes it can work by having a conversation. Sometimes you need to say, this is it. I can't do this anymore. And then they'll finally straighten up. Or they'll take it to the end and say, I'm not going to do anything differently because I know I'm right and I know you're wrong. That could happen too. But uh, got to remember the facts. What are the facts? Let's gather those facts. Let's believe what we hear. And then when we believe what we hear, we can base our next comment, our next question, our next decision on that. I really don't like interpretation. <laughs> Sometimes we have to. I really don't like ambiguity. This is why I want to get details. What do you mean by that? And remember, when the focus is on you and what you're doing or what you're seeing is wrong, when, you, when they look at you and say you're doing something wrong or you're seeing things wrong, 
they can get away with anything they want. That's really the bottom line is that if you get so focused on yourself and what you're doing wrong, what you need to do better, then the other person gets away with it. This is like um, that scenario I saw unfold in a store once. Somebody brought up a product and they said, hey, this product is marked, I don't know, something really cheap, $19.99. And the store associate, the person at the register said, I'm sorry, I can't sell you this for $19.99. It's $199 or $179. It was something uh, way off. And the person who brought up the product said, well, you have to. It's marked that. You have to honor this. And the guy behind the counter said, I'm sorry, I just can't. I mean, we'd lose a lot of money. And it's somebody put a different sticker on this. This is not right. Well, it's not my fault they put a different sticker on it. You're going to sell. And he started yelling. You're going to sell this to me now. I can't believe you can't false advertise. He was just yelling and yelling and yelling. I wish we had cell phones back then. I would have recorded the whole thing because it was just ridiculous. And it was very obvious what was going on to me. And I might be wrong, but to me, it was obvious. This guy just put a different sticker on. And if he didn't, somebody else did. But why is he being such a butthead about it? Why is he doing that? It's just he wants to get away with it. That's why. Because he is being dominating, authoritative, disciplined, and he is pointing the finger and putting the spotlight on the other, or he's trying to put in the spotlight on the other person, the person who is running the register. He is trying to put all the focus on that person so that person feels like, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. I should probably accommodate this guy so I can get him out of my store, but I'll give it to the associate. He did not budge. He said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And the guy continually yelling and yelling and pointing his finger. And it was obvious to me and probably everyone else that the person that was actually in the wrong was the guy yelling. And he did probably want to get away with something. And uh, it was just, he had it written on his forehead. I'm trying to steal. That, that's my the way I look at it. He's basically saying, I'm trying to steal this. Why won't you let me steal this? Why won't you let me get away with this? You should be ashamed of yourself for having something marked in the store it's too low. It's not my fault. It's your fault. Now sell it to me at this price. And the guy wouldn't budge. The associate would not budge. And um, I don't know what happened. I think he just walked away. Well, fine. He probably threw it across the store. I don't know. I don't think I stayed for the whole thing. It was just ridiculous. But uh, it, it reminded me, or it reminds me now, of what happens in relationships. If you're being yelled at, if you're being belittled, if you're being put down by anyone, your boss, you did this, and yeah, yeah, yeah. if that's happening, then they are usually trying to keep their dominance over you, keep you powerless, so that you feel like you can't do anything, you can't say anything back, and uh, it works a lot. It does work, unfortunately, because a lot of people don't want to deal with it. They just submit, fine, 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 I'll do whatever you want, just get a, get out of my face. And when that happens, the person gets away with it. And that's what I'm saying is that when they put the focus on you, when somebody puts the focus on you, they point their finger at you, they get mad at you, they make you question yourself, they make you feel confused, they make you wonder maybe you are in the wrong. That's just them 
wanting to get away with it. Not all the time. This is, you know, there are exceptions, but this is what I see often. And you do have to look at a pattern. Like, do they have a pattern of doing this? They get more and more angry and they just want you to feel bad and keep the focus on yourself. If that's the case and they do it often, there's something else going on. They just want to keep their control and they don't want to have to deal with their own problems and they just want to get away with whatever they want to get away with. And uh, sometimes we let that happen. That's the problem is that we don't let that happen. Sometimes we just want them to go away. Um, But when that happens, they realize it works. So when we show them that we are willing to submit, be be, uh, acquiesce, and that their yelling works, they do it again and again. So it repeats. So I, I just threw that in there just in case you're in a situation like that with any relationship in your life. Um, that's usually what's happening is they want to get away with something. And, uh, well, Paul, what do you do about that? <laughs> I know some people have done it for so long that you feel like you can't do anything about it. So this is why I come back to trusting yourself Trusting your own feelings like, oh, that doesn't feel very good when they do that. If it doesn't feel very good, you could say, it doesn't feel very good when you yell at me. And if they say, I don't care about your feelings, that's all you need. Believe them. Believe that. You don't care about my feelings? What do you mean? Why would you say that? And if they stick to their guns, believe them. It makes life easier even though it can be very hard to hear and it could be a very difficult step you have to take from that point on, but it shows them they they can't just say anything they want just to keep you submissive. You deserve to be heard. You deserve to be validated. You deserve to be treated nicely. Treat me with respect. I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't treat me with respect. Let's uh, talk like two full grown adults and have a real conversation. Otherwise, what are you, my mommy, my daddy? I don't want to be put in my place. I don't want to be told that I'm doing something wrong like I'm a child. I don't want that in my life, at least. I hope you don't want that in your life. Life is too short for some of these relationships that we've come into in our lives, we've run into, we've had with people that are just hard to be around. And they're hurtful and they want to control and they want to make us feel Like, we're the bad guy when really they're the bad one. They're the bad person. They're doing things just to get away with things. These are patterns we look for, and you don't deserve that. You don't deserve to be stuck under somebody's thumb like that because you're an adult, at least most people that listen to this show. If you're not an adult adult yet, uh, you're growing up fast, I'm sure, because why in the world would you listen to a show like this? (laughs) So you're growing up fast, but... This is a a good lesson that you, as you grow older and as you become an adult, you deserve to be treated like an adult and you should treat other people's people like an adult. What is treating somebody like an adult? Respect, kindness, supportive, caring, wanting them to be happy. If we all wanted that for each other, wouldn't life be grand? (laughs) But let's just hope that everyone keeps an open mind so that they can step into their power just like you. I want you to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. That's how you create the life you want. That's also how you get along with more people because when you feel power inside you, 
You don't let people cross the line. Hey, look, you're a little too close. Hey, look, that's disrespectful. Please don't do that. Please don't say that. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.